Blog Talk Radio. Stevie B's Media Production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show.
You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Good evening, wherever you are in the world listening to this radio broadcast. Stevie B's Media Production presents What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler. And this radio show is being broadcast from Stevie B Media Production at the Carolina Studio in the great state of North Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just so grateful for the privilege of bringing you a program where we as Christians and members of the Churches of Christ can share our faith and preach and teach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ on a weekly basis. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, just give me a call to the live show at 713-955-0508. If you have any questions or comments for any of my co-hosts or my special guests on this broadcast, you can send your emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com, or you can call me at the Steve Reason Me Production at the Carolina Studio at 910-491-6405. Now, again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ, and if you need any assistance locating the congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now, folks, join us here now on What a Word from the Lord radio show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Now, every third Tuesday of the month, we have the Mid-Tennessee Singles Ministry that airs here on this broadcast at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. But for the month of June, there will be no presentations given for this ministry due to their upcoming retreat. So we look forward to having them back on the air in July. Now, my co-host, Shauna Otis, is with the Grayway Church of Christ there in Nashville, Tennessee. She has her team, the Mid-Tennessee Singles Ministry, that airs here every third Tuesday of the month. So enjoy your listening experience. Enjoy the show. My name is Bryant Malone, and you're listening to the Mid-Tennessee Singles Hour Power on the What a Word from the Lord radio show. Good evening. My name is Shauna Otis. My name, um, I am from Tennessee, uh, the state of Tennessee, and we are so happy to be here. Um, I am president of the Mid-Tennessee Singles Ministry, and we're here um uh, members of our singles, uh, singles ministry, the Mid-Tennessee Singles Ministry. Um, and we are also here tonight um, with our guest um, uh, speaker, guest preacher, um, Brother James Wrightley. Um, and just wanted to give you a few uh, uh, <laughs> our uh, Brother James Wrightley is a former member of the Greenville Avenue Church of Christ, where he served in a variety of capacities. He was a critical part of the family life ministry, where he served as the facilitator for the adolescent support group. James offers more than 40 years of pastoral counseling experience to youth and adolescent families, singles, and to couples, both married and premarital interested in furthering their relationships or who who are struggling. James has served as the coordinator for the, and I probably will um, pronounce it wrong, but please, I apologize, <laughs> um, Guyana and the South American Mission Team, and has also traveled to Ghana, Africa, teaching and preaching to glorify God in other parts of the world. James has served as the coordinator of the prison ministry, he was also part of, he was a part of the Greenville Avenue Education Department Department where he was a co teacher of the Sunday morning college class and the Wednesday night boys 
ninth and 10th class. In the past, James served as a youth minister and associate minister for the Marcellus Avenue Church of Christ in Dallas, Texas. James was ministered by Dr. Grover C. Washington and Brother J.S. Winston. James just recently placed his membership with the Church of Christ at Forest Hill, where he is uh, where he is in dialogue with the leadership there as together that they seek to establish where and how he will serve their church family. James studied elect- um, electrical engineering at the University of Texas, Arlington, and was near completion with only 25 hours left. However, ministry, counseling, and family had a higher calling. James is contemplating going back to school to attain his degree in family counseling. James is married to Kimberly, and together they are the prior parents of eight wonderful children, eight wonderful children, and five grandchildren. They are seeking to provide a sense of direction to others and offer services through the gifts that they have been given. James' commitment to service is seen in his role as a volunteer chaplain as a member of the Cedar Valley College Police Department and has also served in the same capacity with the Dallas Police Department to assist victims of crime. He has also served the FBI as a facilitator in debriefing following bank robberies. James has also served as an um, agent, um, agent faculty member for the Cedar Valley Community College. His company, ACERT, Abundant Solutions, Enrichment and Research uh, Resource Training, provides um, consulting services to churches in demographics, ministry assessment and leadership development training, and et cetera. He has conducted various workshops for churches around the country. He has presented workshops for the National Lectureship of the Churches of Christ, the Southeastern Regional Lectureship, the Mississippi State Lectureship, and at the Ministers and at the Ministers Institute Conference uh, to serve to bring hope to those in need. Um, so he is our guest speaker on the show tonight. Um, I will say this because I'm hearing it now, but I didn't want to stop in the middle of um, my reading of his bio. Um, but we do ask that um, while you are on the call that you mute your lines. Um, if you are making a comment or a question, um, once you make your question and your comment, that you place your phones back on mute, um, just so we don't have background noises and we don't interrupt um, uh, Brother Bradley's uh, uh, as he's discussing the topic tonight or for those that may be making comments or questions at this time. So just remember to place your phones back on mute um, and uh, so we can elimin- eliminate all the background noises. But again, we thank you for tuning in tonight. Um, but we're going to turn it over to Brother Bradley because we don't want to take much more of his time. But we want to turn it over to him and we just thank him again for um, t- uh, coming on to the show tonight. And our topic tonight will be on patience. Brother Bradley, it is all on you. <laughs> well, thank you, Shauna. Thank you all for joining. I want to, first of all, acknowledge uh, Sister Shauna Otis and the Mid-Tennessee Singles Group and Committee for allowing me this opportunity to present and to hopefully be a blessing to those of you who are listening. Also to Brother Stevie B 
Uh, I just appreciate uh, his ministry through this medium. I've just met him yesterday for the first time uh, via telephone, but I'm looking forward to see what God is going to do with us together. And then I want to thank you, your, the loyal uh, followers and listeners, and I hope, again, that you are taking these lessons, these topics, these discussions, sharing those with others that you come in contact with. And then finally, I'd like to thank the great God above, our Father. I'm reminded of what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15:10, where he says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. So I hope and pray that this will be a blessing to you. Thank you all again for joining. We're talking about patience, and I want to entitle this segment, What Does Patience Look Like? Now, let me remind you, or let me just introduce you to my ministry. I want to first of all tell you that my approach is a little different probably than most others, than most other ministers. I take a theopractical approach. I think I coined that phrase. I'm not sure. I'm going to take credit for it right now. Uh, I think I coined that phrase, theopractical, because I like to have the idea of application of the theology. I think too many times we put so much emphasis on the theology without helping people to know how to apply that in our lives to make us uh, the kind of people that God would have us to be. And as a result, my ministry is focused on serving God's people. Yesterday, when I spoke with Brother Stevie B, he asked me what church I preach at. And I, I told him, well, currently I'm not preaching, but I'm ministering. I'm serving. So I serve singles and relationships in the premarital aspect of singles, as well as in the parenting, because I know that there are a lot of single parents out there. And if there's anybody who needs some help these days, I believe singles fall into that category. And then, as you heard in my intro, the married couples. Uh, I help in relationships, family and children, and the challenges. And by the way, my beautiful wife, who is on the line, on the call tonight, also assists in our counseling with premarital and married couples. What a blessing it is. Couples have found, by the way, that it is a unique experience to have the female as a part of that counseling when we do get together. And then for members, we help members deal with their baggage from the past and communications and relationships, as well as spiritual growth. And then finally, for churches, we do training workshops and services to help churches become and begin to do what they ought to do in the lives of our members. So last show in review, uh, Brother Zachariah Smith did a wonderful job helping us to understand. And his goal was, his question was, how can we incorporate patience in our lives in a more effective way? He talked about Abraham and Sarah, how that they did not wait on God. And he talked about the challenges that come when we don't have patience with God, when we don't wait on God. He asked the question, how do we develop patience? And then he served, he said, we serve others. That's one way. And then he says, he prays for patience. When he said that, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I laughed because as youth minister, we would have rap session every Thursday night and our teenagers would often come in. Well, the new ones would come in, and they would ask God, ask us to pray for them and to pray that God will give them patience. I laugh because, let me tell you, the only way you can get patience, as you'll see tonight and as you heard last week, is 
through trials and tribulations. <laughs> uh, I'm reminded of what the old folks used to say, don't trouble trouble until trouble troubles you. You see, it's my belief that you don't have to pray for patience <laughs> because when you do, trouble is coming. But guess what, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, trouble is coming regardless. So I don't pray for patience. That's just James Bradley. Uh, trials, tribulations, challenges are going to come. He also talked about getting out of yourself. And then finally he said, uh, worship, study, and practice. I'm reminded of what Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, 10 through 12. He says, but thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch and Iconium and at Lystra. What persecutions I endured. But look at what he says. He says, but out of them all, the Lord delivered me. And I hope and pray that some of you have had those kinds of experiences with the Lord where he, through your endurance, has delivered you out of all of your trials. Yea, and then he says in verse 12, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So once again, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, persecutions, challenges are coming. So we need to work on this patience. Now, as I think about it, I think there are three areas where we need patience. One, I believe that we need patience with God. I think we need patience with man. And I think we need patience with ourselves. Now, tonight, we will only be able to get into patience with God and patience with man. So I encourage you to go study up and figure out how patience with yourself can be practiced and how important that is. So let me give you my premise. Uh, and I want to take the premise from James chapter 1, verses 2 through 8. And by the way, whenever you have a question, feel free to jump right in. Uh, when I present, I don't lecture. I hate lecture. Even when I preach, brothers and sisters, I don't stand in the pulpit. I walk the congregation. I walk the floor. I engage the audience. I'm, and some places have gone and said, what is going on here? But they end up really enjoying it and engaging uh, in the lesson. So please jump in when you have a question. So from James chapter 1, verses 2 through 8, this is my premise. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that give it to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Now, for our discussion on patience, I'd like for us to, to zone in and hone in on verse 4 where he says, but let patience have her perfect work. Brothers and sisters, what I want us to understand is patience has a job to do. But did you, do you see and do you hear from this verse that we have a role to play if patience is going to do for us what its work is? You see where he says, but let patience, you and I, have to allow patience to work. And we have to allow patience to have her 
perfect work. So that's what I want to focus on. And it's interesting. I believe uh, Benjamin Franklin wrote, uh, he says, he that can have patience can have what he will. And I'm sure Ben Franklin studied the word of God because that's exactly what James chapter 1 verse 4 says, that when we have patience and when we allow patience to have her perfect work, we will want for nothing. Let me pause real, really quick right now and ask the question, how many of you can say that you want nothing? Oh, that's so deep right there. Anybody want to comment? Anybody got a question? That is so deep. And we don't want any dead air, but I just got to tell you, I, and I think your wheels are turning, but imagine being in a position where you want nothing. And when we let patience have her perfect work, we can get there. Oh, that's so deep. You all, you all think about it. So here's my agenda. I want to, first of all, talk about what patience is. How do you define patience? What does it look like? And then what areas? I want to talk about what areas in your life do you find it difficult to have patience? Next, I want to talk about why it's so difficult. Why do I struggle so much with waiting? And then finally, how do I get there? How do I get to the point of having patience? So as we define patience, it is the capacity, habit, or fact of being patient, bearing pains or trials calmly or without complaint, hmm. manifesting forbearance under provocation or strain. You know that word forbearance is a scriptural term, and when you look that word up in the Greek, it literally means to hold yourself back. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you, it, it, it literally means hold yourself back from slapping the taste out of somebody's mouth, y'all. Manifesting forbearance, occasional strain, not hasty or impetuous, steadfast despite opposition, difficulty, or adversity, and then able or willing to bear. In Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 6, we read these words. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Zechariah talked about this last week, last month as well. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. He really talked about that. And yes, Lord, we glory in tribulation. How can we get to the point of glorying in tribulation? He says, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Anybody ever been without strength? Well, as we look at these words from Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 6, tribulation is defined as a pressing, pressing together, pressure, metaphorically, oppression, affliction, tribulation, distress, and straits. And I know everybody on this call has suffered some tribulation. And then he talks about patience. This is steadfastness, constancy, endurance, a patient, steadfast, waiting for, a patient, enduring, sustaining, perseverance. And then in the New Testament, 
It is the character of a man who is not swerved from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith and piety by even the greatest trials and sufferings, patiently and steadfastly. So when we talk about patience in the New Testament, patience in the New Testament, we're talking about that characteristic of a man or a woman who is not swerved from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith and piety by even the greatest trials and sufferings. Wow, that's 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 really powerful there. And then and then when you look at uh this idea of experience, proving, trial, approved, tried, character, a proof, a specimen of tried worth. And then hope, the expectation. Oh, by the way, in experience, let me let me let me uh, give you one other thought about experience. In Joshua chapter four, when the children of Israel passed over Jordan into the Promised Land, he told those priests when they stepped into the river, into the uh, River Jordan, that they are to get those twelve stones and put them up on their shoulders. And when they get on the other side, they were to stack those stones. As we talk about experience that we get from having patience with God, in those experiences, I think we fail to stack up our stones, brothers and sisters, when God has brought us through. And in fact, in that fourth chapter, he says, your children are going to pass by these stones, and they're going to ask, what do these stones mean? He says, and then you will be able to tell them, this is where God brought us over. Brothers and sisters, Let me just encourage you, if you have not in the past, start stacking up the stones when God brings you through because you had patience, you endured the challenge. Stack up those stones so that when you pass back by, because you will, you can remember and you will remember that God brought me through. And just like he brought me through of that challenge, that tribulation, that pressure, he can bring me through this one. And then hope, that expectation of good, joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation, the thing hoped for. My gosh, y'all, my goodness. I just love the fact that God gives us hope, and we get that hope through the experience because we know that God brought us through before, and just like he brought me through before, I have hope and I have assurance that he's going to do it again, because he can. And for that reason, I have no shame. Okay, so we got about 10 minutes left in this segment. So let's, let's, and this will be a good spot to talk, and then we'll pause and then come back, and maybe let's see if you guys have any questions. But before we get there, so where, where do we have problems with patience? I just believe in being real. Those of you that join me every Thursday for our singles a Zoom video conference call, know that I believe in being real. And one of the areas that I know that singles, and not just singles, by the way, folks in general have trouble with patience is in the area of sex. And I know for those of you who are single, you're saying it's difficult to get a mate if I'm unwilling to engage in sexual activity. You're probably saying it's hard to compete when you're not giving up the goods. Well, Let me just suggest to you, if you've got to compete, maybe you're with the wrong individual. Because, you see, what you ought to be looking for is that individual who has decided 
that they want to try to make it go, make a go with you. That should be the only reason you're dating, by the way, um, dating for marriage. So anyway, so one area is sex. Next is relationships. You may be asking yourself, why do I keep having relationship issues? And I got a workshop that will help you with that because I'm sure some of you have probably noticed that you keep getting tangled up and tied up with the same kind of individual, different person, same kind of individual. And then money. Why am I not making as much money as I should be? And especially, why am I not making as much as the unbelievers, those folks that don't worship, that don't practice religion? Why am I not making as much as the unbelievers? We're talking about areas where we have problems with patience. And then in our careers, why am I having to put up with these terrible jobs? That may be one of your questions. And then, and then finally, in our possessions, why can't I seem to get the things that I, watch this, deserve? Hmm. You deserve. That's an interesting thought, brothers and sisters. So I have to believe that, that there got to be some questions or thoughts or comments on these patients' problems. Anybody want to chime in, want to ask a question? Don't be shy now. We're all adults here. Any thoughts, questions, or comments? Oh, my gosh. We got a shy audience this, this evening. All right. So we'll move on until I get my cue that it's time for a break. All right. So as it relates to patients, let me give you some ideas about waiting. In fact, Sarah Dowdney, uh, in her book, Psalms of Life, The Hardest Time of All, wrote, The waiting time, my brothers, is the hardest time of all. Psalms 37.9 says, For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. And then Psalms 123.2, Behold, as the eyes of servants look unto the hand of their masters, and as the eyes of a maiden unto the hand of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God until that he have mercy upon us. Isaiah eight seventeen, and I will wait upon the Lord that hideth his face from the house of Jacob, and I will look for him. And then Isaiah forty thirty one, one that we're all familiar with, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall walk, they shall mount up with wings as eagles, they shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not faint. Let me ask, before we take this break, how many of you are tired? How many of you are weary? How many of you are fainting? Maybe it's because you're having trouble waiting. Mm. Remember Sarah Doudney? But the waiting time, my brothers, is the hardest time of all. Well, I saw another quote from somebody. It says anonymous. But it says, the secret of patience is to do something else in the meantime. And let me suggest to each one of us, before we end this segment, is the secret to, of patience is to do something else in the meantime. Let me just suggest the thing that we do in the meantime is be still and know that the Lord is working for us. That's from Psalms. Chapter 46, verse 10. Anyway, so 
I think it's almost time for a break. So I'm going to turn it back over to Shauna and Stevie B. And we'll see where we come when we come back. I give you the honor. I give you the praise. I give you the glory. All of my days. I give you my The love you show when you sent heaven's own to rescue me when I was lost in despair. Cause it was just that said I should die. But your mercy stepped in on time. I could never.
to the Mid-Tennessee Singles Hour Pod. All right. So, we are back. So, here we go. Uh, I'm going to set my timer. I have about 30 minutes left, so we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, I know, and in fact, I was just reminded that the reason probably some of you are quiet is because you're taking notes, and I appreciate that. And uh, we hope that this is being a blessing to you. Matthew chapter 6, verses 24 through 34, we're talking about uh, patience, and we're, we're beginning to get into this idea of patience with God. So Matthew 6, 24 through 34, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not. Neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. You get into that last statement, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And what that really communicates, brothers and sisters, is that we can't even handle what today brings, and yet we're already thinking about tomorrow. But God has made us some promises, and we need to work on waiting on him. Now, as I've done this workshop before, I normally put in here a discussion about contentment. And I want to suggest to you that you go off and you do a study on contentment. Because contentment and patience work hand in hand together. And when we learn contentment, and by the way, I'm not convinced that we as ministers and Bible teachers have done an adequate job teaching on contentment. I encourage you to go off and study that in conjunction with this discussion about patience. So as we continue talking about patience with God, let me let me get into how God answers prayers, and then we'll see if we can figure out how to get better at waiting on God. So in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 8, we know that the scriptures teach, ask and ye shall receive, seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. 
Well, so how does God respond when we ask, seek, and knock? Well, it's been my experience in my prayer life that sometimes God responds with a yes. Sometimes God responds with a no. And sometimes God responds with a not now. When we do this workshop, we ask the question, which one is most difficult for you? And do you not know that the, the resounding choice of most of the, the participants in the workshop is when God says, not now? <laughs> and I got to tell you, just a personal uh, testimony in life, uh, I am so thankful as I look back over my life on the times when God said no. Oh, my gosh. I think about some of the uh, girlfriends. I, I just like being real. I like keeping it real. But I think back over some of the girlfriends that I had in college, <laughs> and I got to tell you, brothers and sisters, I'm so glad God said no. And for those of you who are struggling as to why you're not married, let me just tell you, uh, one of these days, I hope you'll have the same experience that I have right now, just thanking God for him saying no. <laughs> uh, but most people say they struggle with the not now. So let, let me show you a powerful example of why we ought to have patience with God. In Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 through 9, this is the story of when God decided that he would deliver the children of Israel from Egyptian bondage. And you will recall that Pharaoh continued to harden his heart, and God sent Moses to talk, first of all, to the children of Israel to tell them that God is getting ready to deliver us from this bondage. You may recall, if you studied that before, that those the Egyptian taskmasters uh, had made them make brick so that they could build all of Pharaoh's buildings and temples and all of that stuff, and they got tired uh, because Pharaoh eventually made them make brick without the straw. They had to go and find the straw and then make the brick. So anyway, they began to cry unto the Lord, and then the Lord remembered his promise to the children of Israel. So in Exodus chapter 6, beginning in verse 6, I want to I show here how we are sometimes. So listen at this. Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, this is God telling Moses what to say to the children of Israel. And he says, wherefore, Say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments, and I will take you to me for a people, and I will be to you a God, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians." And I will bring you unto the land concerning which I did swear to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And I will give it you for an heritage. I am the Lord. And Moses spake so unto the children of Israel. But look at what it says in the B clause of verse 9. But they hearkened not unto Moses for anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage. 
Now, you look at that word anguish or that phrase anguish of spirit in the Hebrew, and it means shortness. Watch this, impatience and anguish. So do you see God is speaking to the children of Israel through Moses, and he says, I'm going to deliver you from this bondage. I'm going to deliver you from these burdens. I'm going to deliver you from all of the stuff that the Egyptians are putting you under, but they hearken not unto Moses, which is the same as hearkening not unto God. But the reason they did not listen to Moses was for anguish of spirit, that is, impatience. Hmm. Sometimes I get impatient with God. These children of Israel became impatient to ask ourselves why were they so impatient. And again, it's because of the burdens, the bondage, the the hard task that was upon them. Remember we talked about that pressure and the tribulations and the challenges. So they didn't listen. Now, fast forward to Exodus chapter 12, beginning at verse 29 through 36. So remember, God said, I'm going to deliver you. But the children of Israel did not hearken unto Moses. So now in the 12th chapter of Exodus, verses 29 through 36, this is after God has put several plagues onto Pharaoh and onto, and finally, verse 29 says, and it came to pass that at midnight, the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of cattle. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. Let me read that again. Let me read that again. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants, and all the Egyptians, and there was not, a, and there was a great cry rather in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. And he called for Moses and Aaron by night, and said, Rise up, and get you forth from among my people, both ye and the children of Israel, and go, serve the Lord, as ye have said. Also, take your flocks and your herds, as ye have said. And be gone and bless me also. Verse 33. And the Egyptians were urgent upon the people that they might send them out of the land in haste. For they said, we be all dead men. And the people took their dough before it was leavened, their kneading troughs, being bound up in their clothes upon their shoulders. And the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses. And they borrowed of the Egyptians jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they lent unto them such things as they required, and they spoiled the Egyptians. Let me go back to the first time Moses said, God says he's going to release us. He's going to get us from under this bondage. And they didn't want to listen because they were impatient. 
if God had forced them to let them go at that point, brothers and sisters, they would have left with nothing. But they had to endure a little longer based on God's time. And by the time we get to the 12th chapter of Exodus, the children of Israel are leaving Egypt, but they're not leaving empty-handed. They are leaving with gold and jewels and raiment and silver. (laughs) The, The Egyptians are so anxious to get rid of the children of Israel that they are giving them stuff to go. You see, when we wait on God, when we wait on God, God will bless us. So what's the lesson in this story? God has nothing but blessings for us. It is God's desire, in fact, to give us his blessings. God knows what is best for us. And I want us to get this point here. God knows when is best for us. God knows what is best for us. And God knows when is best for us. And God always keeps his promises. So brothers and sisters, there is no reason why we should not be willing to wait on God. God has proven himself over and over in my life. And I have to believe he's done the same in your life. Think about that as we now talk about patience with man. I want to switch to Matthew chapter 18, verses 23 through 27. And I know I'm throwing a lot at you. I'm hoping you're taking this stuff in. Matthew 18, 23 through 27. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, count of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. Let, let, me, let, me, let me pause right here before we get to the second part of this story. This man owed the Lord 10,000 talents. And because he didn't have anything to pay, the Lord commanded him to be sold, his wife and children, which, by the way, was the custom back then, and all that he had and payment be made. He didn't have it. He fell down and worshiped him and asked the Lord for patience. And he says, I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. Wow. Boy, how many of us <laughs> with our creditors would we like to try to set an appointment to go fall down and worship them and say, have patience with me and I'll pay thee all. And looking forward to them saying, you are loosed and you are forgiven of your debt. I wish that could happen today. As we continue reading Matthew 18, verse 28, but the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him an hundred pence. 
whole lot less than what he owed the Lord, the master. And he laid his hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me that thou owest. By the way, I don't know if if you recall from my bio, I'm also a police chaplain. And let me tell you what we know. Anybody who puts their hand around your throat, around your neck, they intend to kill you. I hope there's no one in here who's ever experienced that. If you're on this call and you have experienced that with your love interests, let me tell you, you are in a dangerous situation. But this man took him by the throat, saying, pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, listen at this, see if it sounds familiar to you. Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Same thing that he had said to the Lord. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. Look at this notice, brothers and sisters. Look at this challenge to us. Verse 35. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. We're talking about patience with man. And how many times have we had it where someone has done us wrong or someone owes us something and we refuse to have patience with them? So what's the lesson from this passage? First of all, we all owe a tremendous debt to God. None of us can ever repay our debt. We desire God to have patience with us. God has forgiven our debts countless times. And if we want to make sure that our debt remains forgiven, we should have patience with our fellow man. Mm-hmm. Do we have a question? Okay. So I found a quote from Joseph Joubert who says, what well, you can untie. See, sometimes, brothers and sisters, we want to cut these relationships when if we would just be patient and work to untie those issues, that will make us better and will put us in a position where we won't have to be concerned about God bringing back our debt. So that's uh, that's the lesson. Let me end with going back to our uh, our uh, premise. There is no road too long to the man who advances deliberately and without undue haste. There are no honors too distant to the man who prepares himself for them with patience. James chapter 1 verse 4, but let patience have her perfect work 
that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Brothers and sisters, I hope that this lesson has been a blessing to you. I just want to see if we have any questions, thoughts, or comments before I turn it back over to our host. Brother Wright, this is Shauna Otis. I just want to say thank you. This has been a very powerful lesson, and it has just opened so many, um, just so many, just, um, I can't even speak, <laughs> but it has opened so many eyes, and it's just, you know, just very powerful, you know, just things that you're going through and that you're experiencing right here and right now. This was like a a on time message, and I really appreciate you coming on to discuss this even even more. Oh, thank you, Sean. I appreciate the opportunity. Any other thoughts, comments, or questions? All right, Sean. I'll turn it back over to you. We do thank you again. This is Jennifer for yeah. We just thank you again, Brother Bradley, for just um, coming in to just to, you know, share just um, this word. Because this was a powerful lesson. I had to say something behind it. But all the um, all the guys that have been on this year for this um, few months has been um, doing a wonderful job, and we really do appreciate it. And we just thank you for taking time out of your schedule um, just to come in to speak on it. Um, Brother Steve, it's all yours, and um, I really do appreciate you know, the time that you give us um, each third Tuesday of the month as well. Amen. I echo those sentiments. This is Genesis Archer, and you are listening in to the Mid-TN Singles Hour of Power. Peace and love, everyone. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Will you forgive me? For I've done wrong. And will you accept me, Jesus? As I kneel at your throne, dear Lord, and all of my brothers, he will always criticize and accuse. Yes, he will, but I know that my Jesus, he will make me brand new. I'm ready at my bidding, Lord. Lord, hear my prayer. Cause you're a God of a second chance. I see them cry. And they each have a stone. Dear Lord. But you knelt beside me, Jesus. 
and my fears are all gone. Praise God, cause you give me peace.
Listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show.